Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Oh, welcome to the podcast. Hello, welcome. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. And tell me what lovely location you're in today. <gasps> well, I'm in Europe, which is exciting. Ooh. Yay, I'm in Athens. I actually feel a little bit closer to you. <gasps> you know, I do. And I told, and you know what? We actually, f- I, we didn't fly over Jersey. We flew over the UK. Yeah. And I was thinking if I am like waving down to Sarah, it was the middle oh, of the night. You would have been sleeping. Hello. I am actually on a flight path, so. <laughs> yeah, it, you know what? I probably flew over your house. Maybe. Oh maybe. my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm in Athens. Funny enough, it is, it's two hours ahead of you, right? Like a two hours. It's insane. Like Europe is kind of big. Oh, I thought it was an hour ahead, no? No, we're Eastern. Oh, yeah. Okay. European Eastern. Yeah, I know. Greece. Mm. Who knew? So I'm loaded with feta cheese, uh, olive oil. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous, the food here. Nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, well, soak it up and enjoy it. Indeed. How are things going on your side of the fence? Mid-January, the most troubling times of the year, I would have say. Yeah, it is mid-January and the weather's absolutely bloody diabolical. Oh, so no. It hasn't stopped raining and oh. um, we had people in Jersey being rescued in kayaks <gasps> in one part of the island what? today. So, yeah, and I'm not surprised because it's just been nonstop rain oh and the rain God. clearly has nowhere to go. Oh so, my God. yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not great. I would like the rain to end, but it's supposed to be coming to an end. So okay. I'm going to hold on to that and hope. <gasps> oh, and yeah, anybody in Jersey that's listening, if you have been affected um, by the little mini floods, then um, I've been thinking of you today. Oh, shoot. Man, that's yeah. just so hard. It's nothing worse than water damage as well. Like it just gets everywhere. Yep can't get rid of it yeah it is the worst no question yeah Ooh, okay so, yeah more sad times um ahead yeah geez okay and yeah. and here in Athens I'm reminded of the energy crisis so mm-hmm. being really cautious yeah. to not run a heater I'm under two sweaters and a blanket with like these fuzzy mm. slippers I bought because yeah. I dare not run the heating because um yeah. you know it's really rough this winter yeah um so yeah, it is uh, it's just chillier, I think, all around. Yeah, it is. It is. But Sarah, I need some warm news. So, you know, I've been thinking about this relationship desk of love, this correspondence piece you've been dangling in front of me for a week. So well, I promised <gasps> you some relationship you news did. that you might like. Yes, I've been thinking about it for a week. And to, it's like <laughs> Christmas Day. I get to open the presents. And I've been thinking about it for a week going, mustn't forget the relationship news. Right? I actually even put a note in my calendar that said, remember the relationship news you promised Anna. If, that was my note in my well, calendar. I wouldn't have let you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're keeping me honest. Yeah, and you got yes, it. Yes, I have got your relationship news <gasps> for you. Yay! So, would you like to know why younger men date older women? <gasps> oh my God! Okay, you're so, you've so got my number. Yes. She's like, okay, I'm listening. Hello. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So, 
I read this article which has done numerous studies so it wasn't just one study it was based on kind of a a number of different studies and it was all about just exploring this this age gap between kind of um between men and and women and um and very often you know we hear about this age gap between kind of you know the woman being younger and the man being older we Mm. kind of see that quite a lot and this kind of negative press about kind of gold diggers daddy issues Mm -hmm. kind of all of these things that come up but Mm -hmm. you know women who um who date younger men are also subject to lots of kind of judgment in the press about you know cougars and all that kind of leopard (laughs) skin chasing women yeah but actually the reality of it is and and the kind of this was borne out in the research that they spoke to a number of women between sort of 30 and 50 or 60 I think it was and in almost all of the cases the women had played a much more passive role in the relationship formation than than the man had aha Right. So, so who's the turns, cougar now? <laughs> it turns the table, right, on right. who's chasing who. Yep. So that was one of the things that I thought was interesting. And um, so it said, you know, and it also said in the research that there were a lot more younger men who were dating and marrying older women than you would ever think. So there's ah. a lot, it's a lot more prevalent than we kind of would necessarily believe mm-hmm. when we read a lot of the stories in the press. So, you know, we referred to some of the kind of, um, you know, celebrity couples who'd kind of gone down that route. But it, it also came up with kind of a number of reasons why this would happen. So here you go. I'm going to share this with you. Excellent. So it said that the men actually preferred the older woman because she was more self-assured, mm-hmm. more self-confident. I like this one. She was more of a sharp conversationalist. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, indeed. Mm-hmm. That's a way to be described, isn't it? I love a sharp <laughs> conversationalist on my resume. Like, yeah. Yep. I'll put that on my CV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they weren't, so these women weren't then solely focused on starting a family because, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them had kind of moved beyond that point. And it also said that they were more experienced when it came to kind of an emotional standpoint. So they were more kind of developed within their, within themselves. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot more honesty and, a, you know, a much more different perspective to be able to shine on some things. So they said that they were kind of the, you know, the common reasons why a younger man would prefer an older woman. They also looked at the age difference and kind of where the sweet spot was. Mm -hmm. So the sweet spot apparently is one decade older. You know, it's funny. I was going to say 10 years. Yeah. I was going to say that's exactly it. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with looking for a younger man or if a younger man turns up in front of you, why not entertain the fact? It's so funny that you say this. And I'm, I'm going to say that like, and this bears true with some of my informal research that I've been doing. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I can't. I informal can't, and practical research. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very on the ground. It's, um, it's um, <laughs> embedded, let's just say. Um, certainly oh, embedded. Yes. Yep. <laughs> but there is, and, and you're absolutely right. You know what it is? And I think um, there is something that an older woman like myself, um, brings but it is for the it's it's you know like the men who like there's a, a single malt as, a, as opposed to a blended mm. whiskey or like yeah. a beer it, yeah. it's not it's not all strokes for all folks like I think about this tagline that used to belong to this beer from Nova Scotia called Alexander Keith's and it's mm. no longer there anymore but when I was living in Halifax uh, the beer was touted as those who like it like it a lot and I love it because I'm like as an older woman I'm like those who like me like me a lot those yeah. who don't, it's fine. They like beer and that's fine. But if you yeah. if you like your single malt, 
If you like the finer things in life, that is what you're going to get in an older woman. Something and sexually as well. more developed. Oh, yeah. Sexually, um, you know, because again, in my, you know, on, on the ground embedded research is that I really do hear, and I didn't, I didn't realize this. Um, you kind of think that sexually you were kind of the same through your, but if you think about yourself in your early 20s mm. as opposed to in your 40s, yeah, we're showing up we really reflect our experience. We really are yeah. kind of in the CEO driver's seat. And so that feels exciting. Yeah. That feels but it comes back to exciting. that self-assurance, that self-confidence, just knowing who you are as a person that plays out in all yeah. aspects of our life. Well, and I would say it's not for the man who wants to have a woman whom he can teach. Mm. The older woman is for the man who's like, please come pre-taught because I want to sort of share and grow. Yeah. We talked as well in the article about um, relationship quality. Mm. And so having a relationship with an older woman often brought about more relationship quality, which was seen as a positive aspect. Absolutely. But man, does it take a secure man? (laughs) Does it take a, right? It takes a man who really knows what they bring to the table, who's not worried about like the simple things of, oh, I need to provide for you and I need to sort of, yeah. I can't have an experienced woman in bed, right? That's, that's what really holds a lot of men back in terms mm. of wanting to think about a, a, a relationship with an older woman. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the self-assured types. And for yes, those, I absolutely. say, to the Macron, uh, Mr. Macron and others in the world, I say, yes. You go he for was it, mentioned lads. In the article. He was indeed, <laughs> yeah. right? And he so what I'm hearing is that he went after his wife. Not the other way around. Well, yeah, but he was fifteen when they met, right? Oh. Did you know that? No, I did not. I didn't until I read this article. Oh. So he was fifteen when they met and she was his teacher. I did not know that. But they didn't have any relationship until he left school and was old enough. But did he have his eye on her the the entire time? I would imagine so. Oh my god, fifteen-year-old boy. Of course, <laughs> she was probably a hot teacher. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's how every good story starts. Wow. So yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay. I know. Oh, I was Sarah, a about that too. you promised me, and you deli- You know, Athens is exceeding my expectations, and you just exceeded my expectations. Man, thank you. Uh, I needed that. You are very well. My jet-lagged head is now in a state of happiness and bliss. <laughs> Thank you. And a slight flurry. Oh, nice. (laughs) All right. Alrighty. Should we uh, move on to a hot topic? Yeah, because I'm really hot right now. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This might bring it back down. Today's hot topic. The effect of baby blues on your relationship. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Sometimes it's we have bringing to, it back down. We've got to do the serious down. stuff. Yeah. We've got to do the serious stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So baby blues. Yeah. Did you know that it affects eight in 10 women, but also one in 10 men? And I'm going to say that that number for men is grandly underestimated because I actually have a, a med school colleague who's a psychiatrist mm. in Toronto and he runs mental health, a father's mental health sort of group and research. Yeah. It's probably along the lines of 40 to 60% of men. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing that is not spoken because Mm. society has these horrific expectations of, oh, baby, you should be happy. There should be no complex feelings. But I see parents in with newborn care and 
Like there's all sorts of messy shit going on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'm just reflecting on what you said there about men and how, you know, the the number is actually probably more higher than has been reported. But I guess some of that is because, I mean, quite frankly, a partner's just had a baby. So, you know, that ability to be able to voice your kind of, you know, your feelings, especially when they're not when you're not kind of tippity top must be quite difficult. You know, it's just carried a baby for nine months and given birth for several hours sometimes days yes <laughs> and it's incredibly painful so you get and the sleepless nights and the breastfeeding and all of those things if you're a man in that situation and you're really struggling with your emotions and your feelings and connection to the baby or feelings about your wife or feelings of resentment that must be really really difficult because yeah. you probably feel like a right shithead kind of voice in that one yeah there's no room nobody asks yeah, I can totally understand yeah. why men would not be able to voice their opinion in that situation. Yeah. And yeah. also in a toxic culture that doesn't encourage men to voice emotions. So what it can yeah. actually come out as is the guy who's angry, frustrated, yeah. flips his yeah. lid, drives aggressively, yeah. checks yeah. out. I've seen a yeah. lot of men checked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behaves like a child. Yep. Alcohol, yeah. drugs. Yeah. That's all signs of depression. Uh, yeah. but, but we just are like, oh, the guy's being a dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's huge. It's huge. So, mm. so baby blues, it's, it probably does nobody any service because it kind of sounds kind of romantic when it's actually not. But, but to be clear, like the baby blues is a short lived phenomenon of some mood fluctuations and some sadness mm. or crying or so forth, yeah. but it doesn't last long enough to be called postpartum depression. And, and by the way, postpartum depression, men have to just like you outlined, and it doesn't get so severe as to cause a risk of harm to Mm. uh, the parent or to the child, but it can be very, very distressing because it's very discordant with with what you think you should be feeling, Mm. and and everybody knows I haven't had the motherhood journey, and you have, so I wonder if Mm. you could reflect on what your mood state was after giving birth. I wouldn't have said I really struggled with kind of the baby blues or, um, you know, any form of kind of depression. Um, the tiredness, the exhaustion, mm. especially number two, like, mm. I don't think I was ever prepared for how tired I was going to feel. Mm. I remember somebody coming to visit and I just said, I didn't think it was humanly possible to be this tired. Oh. I can understand how they use sleep deprivation as a form of torture because oh. I, 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 I don't know how I'm going to get through the day. So oh. that wasn't about kind of any kind of you know the the impact of hormones or any of that it was just sheer like I need my sleep and and I know that today like it's still the same Mm. um you know more recently I've struggled with my sleep and it floors me right like Mm. and I recognize that now like but when you've just had a baby especially when you have baby number two or or three like whatever Mm. you go on you've got these other children that you're also responsible for like they don't just go away (laughs) Like, it's not like they give you one and take away the other for a bit until you kind of get them into routine and then you can bring them all back together again. So I think that bit is quite challenging when you have kind of more than one, I think. Um, Looking back, I was probably, I was was still in my kind of control freak stage Mm -hmm. um, as a general human being without children and with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that need to control everything and be in charge of everything um, Mm -hmm. probably made me a bit of a grumpy bitch. Wow. So, you know, but these are the things, right? And these are the, these are the effects that, and these are the behaviors that we demonstrate when we've had a child and it can be quite, quite tough. Mm-hmm. And this then kind of, you know, forms this, I guess, this kind of pressure within the relationship mm. 
to kind of the other person that's maybe not suffering with some of these things it's about then how do we give grace to each other mm. so you know whichever party you know part of that partnership is struggling the other party has to kind of rise above that mm. and it's really bloody difficult uh, not to get drawn in you know not to get in the pit with the other person mm-hmm. and kind of despair as well you need some you, you need that balance you need somebody else to try and kind of lift up the energy a little bit and take some kind of sense of responsibility take some ownership be the be the kind of the adult be the stronger parent within mm-hmm. that and provide a bit of the energy because it's hard it is hard work right it's yeah. the it's the toughest kind of mental and physical challenge that you'll go through your body goes through a physical change and transformation mm-hmm. I mean you produced a I still think it's phenomenal right and I've had two of them um you can grow a human being inside <laughs> your belly like yeah. how is that even possible yeah like I know it is because they arrived yeah. and I was there yeah present for kind of most of it <laughs> yeah. although under the influence of gas and air um <laughs> yeah but I was there you know it did happen yeah. and these these two children were, were born and I made them but that is I mean it's mind-blowing but it's also physically and mentally exhausting to go through that and so I think there is that kind of element of providing grace to each other I think there's a um there's almost like a caretaker element that kind of goes on and you do to some degree kind of have to put some of your own needs mm. on the back burner mm-hmm. same way you do with the, with the child so the mother very often has to put her needs on the back burner I can't just say do you know I don't fancy kind of feeding me right now I'm just gonna have a little nap yeah, and yeah. you know you can't you just can't do that because you're responsible for this human being that just cannot look after themselves yeah. and probably won't for some time yeah yeah <laughs> you know so um so it is so the mum is putting their needs to kind of to one side and the the other partner you know, male or female has to do the same thing, but in response to kind of mum and baby and and try and kind of help from that aspect, you know. So mm-hmm. it's about how can I make things easier? How can I keep my partner kind of nourished and secure and loved and, you know, give them what they need? How can I nurture that environment and make it as easy as possible for, you know, the mum to be the immediate caregiver yeah. when there are those kind of demands that only she can meet? Wow. And that's in the best case scenario, right? Oh, yeah. So imagine (laughs) that your mood starts fluctuating without rhyme or reason. Oh, and I'm sure mine did. Right, right. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't have any mood swings. Yeah, yeah. It's probably best we don't get my ex-husband on the call right now. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I'm sure he'd tell a completely different story to me. Right. She was super difficult. (laughs) Yeah, but... He doesn't run this podcast, so exactly. sorry. <laughs> and aren't we grateful for oh, that? <laughs> we keep it to the one side, folks. This is not a two-sided interview. But, mm. you know, imagine that baby blues are existing. Like, how on earth, yeah. with stressors, how do you, how, yeah. well, how do baby blues af- affect your relationship? Yeah, I mean, well, they're going to, right? So it's that extra level of tension. So you've already got a level of tension and stress and expectation and responsibility that you just, quite frankly, didn't have kind of a few months ago when you were talking about the romantic notion of kind of this baby coming into the world. You didn't have all of that. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's it's on your doorstep to deal with, particularly with the first, because you kind of don't know what to expect. Um, 
So you, you then get this added level of complexity where actually I don't know what I'm going to face. So we often talk about this in relationships anyway that are in trouble. That kind of, you know, I'm putting my key in the door. I'm not quite sure what's mm. on the other side of it. That is stress inducing. That is is heavy. It's hard to take. It's a challenging situation. I think the difference with this situation is it's not, you're not going into that situation and the other person is of kind of sound rational mind and making mm. their own decision decisions and choices there are so many other factors to take into consideration so this is where we almost need to dig even deeper for empathy and understanding mm-hmm. and to see things from our partner's point of view as opposed to letting the ego play out to say you know they, they, they need to you know when we find ourselves in that situation where we're saying you know my partner needs to this they need to let up a little bit they should you know when we're placing all this kind of demands on the other person that's the kind of the ego out to play instead we need to try and kind of you know keep a lid on that and kind of you know try and calm the ego and say well you know that's okay I get that however you know if I'm thinking about it from my partner's perspective what else can I do how can I show love how can I give care because in that situation where the hormones are running absolute riot and and you yourself like don't even know what's going on it's like you don't even recognize yourself as a human being Mm -hmm. when you're in some of those moments then it's about saying I understand this is really hard like I get you must feel terrified by this it's almost like something else is taking over your body and mind and producing these things that you don't recognize these reactions these behaviors like I get that's bloody horrible Mm -hmm. gosh which which means you have to really as a partner to support you have to really reach behind your first interpretation which they're being mean what a bitch they're right like yeah they're just out to get me. Right. They want to make my life misery. Oh, my gosh. Because there's this thing, I think, as well, where, you, you know, sometimes that need for control can make the other person feel kind of pushed out, set aside, not important, not valid. But a lot of the time, that is just the other person's trying to get control of a situation where they feel out of control. Mm-hmm. Because you've got this human being that, you know, will do whatever they want to do because they don't know any different so they've only got certain ways of communicating and um you know sometimes whatever you do like just doesn't quieten things down I remember ringing a friend at two o'clock in the morning going I just don't know what to do she won't Mm. stop crying (gasps) like you know and my other half had gone to get some milk and thankfully we lived in a place that had 24-hour supermarkets Mm. like I wouldn't get that now in Jersey um you know so there, there are times when it just feels too much wow. but those those moments pass and we have to remember that as well in all of the madness that goes on we have to remember all of this is short-lived and this spans across everything that happens to us in life mm-hmm. it's only ever a moment in time it just feels really crappy when you're in it yeah and that actually brings me to the point because I'm always like the safety checks um so it is true like baby blues are transient yeah and 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 by definition transient they resolve spontaneously it's not to say that they can't be really rough the baby blues can be really rough it can be soul destroying relationship destroying right yeah but here's the thing and again like so how does a how do baby blues affect a relationship and i'll go so far as to say is like how are you a partner to the various moods that can happen postpartum. And one of them mm-hmm. is detecting when things are going off the rails and getting serious and moving into yeah. postpartum depression, anxiety, psychosis. Yeah. So 
um, really like it, it's almost like as a partner, if you feel that there's this hole that you're, if you're seeing your partner dig deeper and deeper and they're not coming out and you're getting worried and mm. you're scared for their safety yeah, yeah. or the, yeah. um, or they're saying weird things, there's an, there's a hopelessness expressed, uh, yeah. you know, maybe my baby, I'm not a good mother. Maybe my baby's better off without mm. me. These are times where the inclination is to be like, to try to shove it under the rug, to deny, yeah. but these are actually times where you want to reach out for professional help. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'd go so far as to say, look, if you're in any doubt, just check, like, you know, don't wait until you feel like it's kind of a crisis point or you are incredibly worried. Like, you know, just, just check anyway. Like people would much prefer that you have conversation to say, do you know what? I'm not quite sure. Are these things kind of, is this normal? Is it just baby blues or is it something more than that? And I think, you know, whilst the baby blues might sound kind of a bit romanticized I think it's it's termed that way so that there is a differentiation between something that is a lot more serious and it is important to recognize that there is you know two ends of that spectrum they are both important and and do impact on the relationship and you know impact on kind of you know how you're feeling and your emotions and all of that but how we deal with them is different as well but I think if you're in any doubt and just always kind of seek some help, seek some counsel, seek some advice. Yeah, and, and usually the best way to do that is actually to mention it to your family doctor. And not all family doctors yeah. are created equal, but yeah, because um, there's many a time where and and it well it becomes tricky, but also somewhat helpful sometimes um, if you share the same family doctor, if you as a couple yeah. have the same family doctor. Yeah. Now confidentiality means that if one spouse shares stuff with a doctor. We can't actually go run off and tell that other person, yeah, yeah. but it can flag yeah. mental health concerns. And depending on where you live, if you, if there is a risk of, if there's imminent risk of harm to self or others, that actually mm. is the trump card against the confidentiality rule. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same thing in coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's just a ton there, but yeah, baby blues. I mean, number one, I think that what you said is tons of empathy, right? Like just, mm the amount of empathy that you need to support a partner who's struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. But yeah, anybody who is pregnant out there, just remember not everybody suffers from this. Yeah. So yeah, it isn't, you know, and, and there are varying degrees in terms of how people feel and yeah, you probably are going to feel tired. Like that's, that's yeah. part of it. Um, but everyone has varying different responses and degrees. So, yeah. you know, sometimes people can be really afraid of, of the baby blues and depression. And But it's important to have some perspective that, you know, it doesn't affect everybody and there are degrees of it. Yeah. And, you, you know, you may feel some of these feelings, but it might still not have a major impact on you. Yep. And look, like how it impacts relationship, well, you're going to move through hard times. So yeah. it is actually an opportunity to step up and see what your relationship is made of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Shall we um, move on to a question? Let's do it. So, today's question. I do all the cooking and my husband expects me also to do the cleaning up. He says whoever makes the mess should clean it up. He thinks he contributes to the cooking, but I don't believe that he does. I do most of the cooking. What should I do? Oh my gosh, this is, uh, wow. What do you think about the like, well, whoever does the cooking got to clean it up. It's almost like 
um, if it's craft time, like we tell our kids, right? You make mm. a mess, you got to clean it up afterwards. <laughs> What's the difference between like craft time and cooking? <laughs> let's ex- let's mansplain this right back. Yeah, you get to eat one of them, <laughs> right? But I think <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm just thinking about all the times that I've tried to get my kids to clean up after they've done some crafting. Oh, did that? And how, <laughs> and how unsuccessful it was. You're like, how <laughs> funny is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you just, you've taken me right back there, Anna. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I think <laughs> aside from the kind of crafting situation, you know, let's look at this. You're in a relationship, right? And you're two adults. Yeah. This isn't kind of a, you know, a child and adult relationship. This isn't, you know, even with children, right? We try to get kids to kind of help with chores and contribute. And so, you know, this isn't any different, right? Like, but you're two adults. So, mm-hmm. and you're both eating this food and somebody has taken some time to prepare this food for you, which is actually a really, really nice thing. And that's the thing, like cooking food is a job. It is not for fun necessarily, although some people enjoy cooking, but it's to feed I a do, family. Yeah, it is. It's still a necessity, yeah. right? Like, we've still all got to eat. That's the thing. So unless we're eating cornflakes and pizza, which I do actually know somebody who used to live off cornflakes and pizza. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, that just had no interest in food. Like, I do not get this phenomenon, mm-hmm. but some people have no interest in food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. So anyway. But that's not you, uh, to be clear. not me at all. Yep. Absolutely yep. not not how I live yeah <laughs> um but yeah so this is this is a real tricky thing right so she also says in the question that um you know her husband believes that he does his fair share of cooking and she believes it not to be true so in relationships we get to decide what the rules are mm-hmm. we get to decide how we live by those rules and what you know the name of the game is mm-hmm. so in some relationships it may be that actually we take it in turns to fully cook meals, tidy up after us, but there's still some equality there. There's still some balance. Mm-hmm. One party doesn't feel like they're in a situation where they feel badly done to and like they are taking on more of the lion's share of the work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the effort that's involved. Correct. Yes. So in this instance i kind of get the feeling that it doesn't feel like there's an equal share it also doesn't feel like they've signed up to the same set of rules Ooh, no but which is common because we never talk about the rules before we mm. we always just assume they're magically going to sort of fall in the 50 50 yeah. line the deck's gonna fall and i've got half the deck and you've got yes. the other half the deck and we're all gonna live happily ever after thank you very much right Now, actually, Michelle Obama has given some really great interviews after the presidency of her husband Mm. and has really said, look, sometimes it's 60-40. Sometimes you feel like you're giving everything and your partner is giving nothing. And then in Mm. years to come, it'll flip. And so what I really appreciate about her her is she's like, it's not 50-50 if you look at a snapshot of time. Over the course of a relationship, over years, it can average out to 50-50. She's like, but make no mistake, there's some times where I'm pulling most of the weight and sometimes when he is. And so I think the there's a third dimension of time in here that's that's an important thing to think about too. Yeah. I would imagine if you're kind of running a country, you're probably not doing as many jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, just a hunch. But you know, I'm sure that Michelle has been like, at some point in time, like, just because you're running a country doesn't mean you have to slack off, right? Like, just because you're the president, you can pick your socks up. 
what on earth? I'm not your maid. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's ex- exactly. So if they, and I think she was also really transparent. Like, it's not that she was totally accepting this. She was frustrated and thought it was unfair yeah. and had her beefs with yeah. it. Yeah. But they just made it work. They just persisted nonetheless. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think the challenge here is this kind of difference of, of viewpoint, this difference of opinion, but also this um, different perception of reality. So, mm-hmm. you know, on one hand, he thinks he does a lot of the cooking and she doesn't and thinks that she does the majority of the cooking. Yeah. So, you know, there needs to be some level in there, I think, to actually get to some sort of central truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that might need a bit of manufacturing to get there. Right. So I think a question is like, it, it may not objectively feel like a lot of effort, but like, I, I'd be curious, what is the husband doing that feels like such a stretch? Like, I, I'd actually be getting, want to get really curious about your contribution. Mm. Tell me about what you perceive that you're doing and, and not sort of in a way where like, you know, where I'm going to just shoot you down and be like, see, yeah, that's nothing. I mean, unless he's a real lazy jerk, maybe he really, maybe he's stretching himself beyond his comfort zone. We don't know. So I'd be curious, like, what are you doing? What feels, what feels like a contribution? What feels like effort for you mm. that I may not, what's the stuff I may not see or appreciate? Tell me about that. Yeah. The other thing too is about the cleaning up, like dishes for some people, they love it. And for others, they hate it. And I'd be curious about as much as I'm in the second camp. <laughs> I actually love dishes myself. Like I'd be happy, but I don't like doing dishes with other people. I like it being a one person job. But mm. the other thing, too, is that, like, have we even divided the tasks along the lines of competency and enjoyment? Like, are we just doing stuff that we hate that we could, could we trade it off for something else is what I'm saying, right? Mm. Like, is doing yeah. dishes so deplorable for one person that they would rather vacuum the house up and down, do the bills at the end of the month and clean the toilet? I, I yeah. do know people who hate dishes that badly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure I'd trade the toilet vacuuming because I equally hate those two. Oh, see? Okay. I really just don't like housework, but I'm super good on cooking. <laughs> right? Okay, so, yeah. But I think, yeah, right. So it is about, um, I saw an um, Instagram uh, thing about how this woman motivates her kids to get involved in chores. And she said exactly the same thing. So I look at what, what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. And one of them really, really does not like um, any form of chores whatsoever at all, but loves the pets. Oh. So they're his chores, right? So he has to fill the dog bowl, clean up around the dog, like anything at all to do with the pets. Like that kid is in there. Whereas the other one is like a super organizer. So loves sorting out anything. So there is something in that in terms of, you know, what are your kind of strengths? What are your abilities? Where are your enjoyment? And what are you prepared to do? Yeah. And get involved with. Because, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe this isn't just about the cooking and the cleaning question. Like where else do you feel like there's some equality and effort in the relationship Mm. and um you know how do we get all of that kind of discussion out there to say look let's start with the positive things so what do you like doing Mm -hmm. Um, what are you prepared to take on that actually isn't a chore for you because you get fun and enjoyment from it therefore kind of crack on with that what are the things that I like doing and then what's left and then how do we divide some of those more kind of crappier tasks that we're just not enamored by in a kind of equal and fair way that we feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do those on rotation. Maybe we don't always do the same thing. Yeah. But the key thing is they have not had a discussion. They haven't decided what the rules are. And they're both in this kind of um, their own version of reality about what's happening. Mm. Yes. And where do <laughs> and what does that lead to? Stories. Yeah. Yeah. 
resentment stories yeah. and eventually contempt yes and then where, yeah fuck you i'm gonna create loads of dishes that you've got to kind of kind of tidy oh, up or yeah. i'm gonna do all these other things those spiteful little ways that mm-hmm. we try and get one up on our partner yeah yep. and that's the nail in the coffin damn you're so right yeah and and this is where it is interesting feels good at the time when you're doing it oh it feels so great i love revenge in a relationship i love me some good revenge in the morning but it's not healthy i know and that's the thing it's like is this good don't do it yeah is this good for the relationship that you would love to have and create and you're like yeah. mm, no it's like is this going to end badly yes yeah <laughs> do you want it to end badly possibly not i mean possibly not you know maybe we're checked out possibly and we don't I care do. but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there was something i was listening to the other day and it talked about um so something we've talked about before on the podcast like you only ever really kind of um see your partner when you see them either in a new situation or you see them kind of through somebody else's eyes or when your partner's kind of been away for a while and then they come back and you've missed them and it's kind of like that freshness that newness because we just get used to kind Mm -hmm. of everything that's around us and so what I also kind of said in the same conversation was you know and it's a really useful way to kind of think about your relationship if you close your eyes for a moment and just consider what would happen if for some reason my partner didn't come home tomorrow? How would that make me feel? Oh my God. And it's such a sobering thought, right? To kind of think, mm. no matter kind of what's going on, no mm. matter how mad you are at them, if suddenly they didn't come home tomorrow mm. and it was out of your control, wasn't your decision, how would you feel? Oh my God. That's a leveling question. If I may say, the first thing that comes to mind, it just there are some relationships for which the answer to that question would would be relieved. Yeah, that was my that was my yeah. mom when uh, when I was six yeah. years old. My dad almost died in an accident. That sounds really morbid, but I'm I'm just gonna say the first thing that I remember as a tiny child was I think my mom would have. Oh my gosh. That's a relationship should, that should have ended a long time ago. That's the right. <laughs> that's a relationship you need to walk away from. Yeah, if you can. But it, so it gives you it gives you a really kind of true perspective as to what's going on inside and how you feel about it because yeah. you'll have one or two reactions and strong reactions to that wow. question, and if your strong reaction is actually I feel relief, I feel like a weight's been lifted, I feel like I can get on with my life, that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. If you feel like oh my god I'd actually be devastated. I really don't know how I could go on. I'm I'm complaining about these things, but actually, does it really matter? Again, it kind of yeah. gives you a whole different perspective about where you're at, and it gives you kind of the answer about what your next step should be. Damn. Well, it certainly, like, elevates you be, beyond the minutia and the pettiness of, like, dishes. Yeah. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. No, we're in it to win it in this lifetime. We've got to yeah. find a way yeah, to yeah, agree on absolutely. this thing. You know, and... Sadly, I'm of that age now where kind of some of these things happen yeah. where people are suddenly taken from their partners yeah. and, and it is, I've, I've watched the devastation and it's, it is too much, yeah. you know. Well, and it's funny as I, as a now single person still, still in it to win it in terms of the, <laughs> the dream of a, of a romance is, is, um, is thinking that every day I should live as if they will never come home the next day. Like say the things that you don't wait another day to say I love you uh uh, don't leave an argument in the air and that's always like you know idealized because you know but I love the thought of zooming out and being like who does this person how much do they really matter in your life a whole hell of a lot yeah 
And you're in this preparation stage. You're in this preparation for your next relationship, right? Yeah. So it will happen at some stage. Like use your time wisely. Yeah. To clean house. Lot. Yeah. Clean my house. A lot to yeah. explore, kind of, yeah. you know, work it all out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, we've, we've left this question hanging. We need to come back to it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, this is this podcast is, law and order. Come on, order. bring it back, yeah, girl. Yeah. Bring it back. So, yep, yeah, clang in the gavel. Um, here's where I would like to actually get involved with the two of them. There's another side to the story, but yeah. but definitely it's an opportunity to actually communicate around division of chores, which yeah. which alongside money and sex are the biggest reasons why people divorce and leave relationships because mm. they can't agree on or find a common understanding about chores, money, sex, religion. Yeah. A common understanding about each other. Absolutely. It's got to happen because this is just yeah. a volcano about to erupt. Yeah. So what's my, uh, yeah, get your shit in order and do it quick. And it's not yeah. just about the I dishes. The, <laughs> the other thing I would say is there are no right rights or wrongs. So like, I'm pretty sure this person kind of wants us to say, yeah, he's a shithead. He should clean up the dishes. Mm. Da, da. But there are no right and wrongs when it comes to our own relationship no. rules. But we have to define them and we both have to sign up to them. So that's what I would say. Yeah. And respect is, is sticking to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he hasn't disrespected you if there's no rules. It's yeah. just expectations not communicated. And that yeah. leads yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. True. Silent needs. Yep. Silent needs, guys, are no needs. If you can't, <laughs> if, you, if you feel something, say something. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't exist. Ooh. It's hard, though, sometimes, right? Oh, it is. <laughs> I'm just sorting through the wreckage of my memories, the memories of the wreckage of, not wreckage, you know what I'm saying, of my very long mm. relationship that, um, and my gosh, like, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's quite mm. one thing to be a, you know, pontificate from the mount of what the things you should do, and it's quite another to be on the front lines. Yeah. Yep. yep. Indeed. Mm -hmm. But... But live every day as if they were not there tomorrow. Yeah. I want to remember that. Yeah. Oh, January. What a mixed bag. So, I know. Doesn't January feel long? <laughs> and it also brings out like the, I don't know, the sitting around the fireplace thinking of deep, dark thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Tis I just season. think it's, it's just such a long month. Such like, a long month. I don't get it. Like. I mean, August is never this this long. July, <laughs> July. Remember, yeah, sundresses like, and yeah. dandelions, wine yeah, on the grass. Like those days go by super oh my quick. God, <laughs> yeah. These ones never end. Totally, except for those in the southern hemisphere. Well, yes. Whom I'm quite, extremely quite. jealous of with their summertime, all their summertime stuff right now. Yeah, yeah. So, are you um, out to play in lovely Athens for the rest of the day? Well, um, currently it's 10. I have one more coaching call. So, I'm coaching uh -huh. like 3 to midnight. But after midnight, oh yeah, hitting the town. It's all to play. Well, and the Athenians, right? They're like notoriously late. Out. They eat really mm. late. So, I'm not going to miss yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Good Sleeping for you. in, dining late. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. The Athenian way of life. Wow. You make the most of it. I tell you, I'm getting my pajamas on. I'm going to bed soon. Yeah. <laughs> True that. True that. It's the I'm wise sleeping thing. my way through January. Oh, listen. Found its work. Do it, girl. Do it. <laughs> Hibernation. Fuzzy socks and slippers. Yeah. yeah. To all you out there in your pajamas. <laughs> tell you, you've got the right idea. Got the right idea, girl. <laughs> Never mind this dance until dawn. <laughs> you've got it. And of course, though, you have to wait for wine to accompany those pajamas until February 1st. Yes, mm -hmm. this is true. Yep. This is true. Yep. Just reminding you. Although 
Actually, I'm not missing it. So oh, doing all right. Be- yeah. I've always admired. It's been the third dry January, I think, that I've witnessed you go through. Oh, I'm a, yeah, I'm on like you're really good. Yeah, though. Yeah, like, you're a superstar. Yeah. You got it yeah. down. When I make my mind up, I'm doing something. Nothing gets in the way. Beautiful, love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Well, alrighty. So, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.